0: everyone, I'm Guile and I tweet at Door Podcast. And tonight I'm joined by Eon. Hey, this is Eon.
1: I'm Eon Blue Negative on Tumblr.
0: And Kama. Hi,
1: this is Kama and I'm uh, at Oxford Splice on Twitter.
0: And Chickie.
2: Hey, I am Chickie. I'm at the Chickren on Twitter.
0: And tonight we are going to discuss a Storm of Swords, Jamie Six, as part of our Jamie Brand chapter re reads And standard trigger warning. Um, Rape this chapter probably pretty heavily, and also spoilers for the books and the show, um, big time. So this is a this is um, one of Jamie's obviously one of Jamie's most iconic chapters, and really one of the more famous you know, features. One of the more famous moments, I think, in the books as a whole. Like when we think of you know, when you think of like the popular perception of these books as being, you know, oh the red wedding, oh the, you know, like all this horrible shit happens, and like this is one of those pure like fuck yeah moments, and we just get so few of them. This is like out of a fairy tale. I mean, yeah, it's you know, it's totally, a, yeah, totally a fairy tale. Um, except that you know, in this case, the fairy tale starts with our hero, who you know has been has this lingering <laughs> fever in Harren Hall and in his infected stump and. <laughs> Um, you know, it really sounds like actually that they were in Harrenhal for a fairly significant amount of time. Like, a, you know, it seems like several weeks, I would guess, um, yeah. between the dinner with Roos and, um, and when they actually finally leave. Yeah, well, I mean, the shortest timeline,
2: I think, is five to six weeks from the time that they leave River Run until they get back to King's Landing. Oh. And that's the shortest timeline. That
0: seems so, unlikely just because I mean, that, could, that's just like travel time. It doesn't count like the, you know.
2: No, it, what
0: I'm talking about is no, it, it, it's, I'm just saying, yeah, that's the amount of, the, yeah. so that tells
2: you how long they could have been at Heron Hall because yeah. that's the amount of time that it takes for their whole journey. That's the minimum amount of time. Yeah. It could be up to three months from the time that they leave River Run until they get to King's Landing. So it's a long, it's been a long journey and there have been long stops along the way.
0: So, you know, in this journey, Jamie Jamie thinks that he's anxious to be gone from Hall, the Bloody Mumbers, and Brienne of Tarth. Um, he wants to leave them all behind. A uh, real woman waited for him in the Red Keep. And, you just keep telling yourself that, Well, Jada. it is interesting. Like, there's this moment, and then until he talks to Qyburn, like, he doesn't really think of Brienne at all. Like, he, he is, I mean, it, it is kind of, like, jarring, given what we just saw between them, that he is kind of willing to leave her. But I think he does think that she's going to be ransomed, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: it's misdirection too. And the thing is the fact that the chapter starts off with him saying that a real yeah. woman is waiting for him in the red keep. It's very much about him saying, Oh yeah, no, Brian doesn't matter to me. You know, she's no big deal, which of so- course is obviously a huge lie.
0: So one of my favorite minor characters that shows up in interesting spots is Steel Shanks Walton, who's leading Jamie's escort back to King's Landing, just because he he does actually show up and dance at Winterfell. <laughs> like, oh, wow. And, you know, Jamie describes him as, like, basically, like, not a bad guy, but, you know, in war, he's going to rape and plunder and pillage. But, you know, after that, he's just going to be, like, a you know, a dude. Not a bad guy. You know, I he's mean, a- that's...
1: It's just like he's like what's wrong with America today? There are a bunch of people who are not bad individually, who are who you know might, but they when their blood is up
0: they're gonna you know yeah they're
1: and they'll do what they're told.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is you know Steel Shanks. He's you know just you know you know as Jamie says he's at heart a simple soldier. Um, You know they could kill, rape when their blood was up, and then they'll go home and raise families and farm basically
2: a monster you can activate when you need him.
0: Yep. Yeah. Or I mean just, you know, another testimony perhaps on you know what happens to people in in a war. Like what happens w- even to like the the average because it feels like he's sort of being described as like the average person in a way, you know, and like even the average person can turn into a monster in the in the circumstances of war. So um Roos is actually leaving Harrenhal Hall as well, and you know they they ride together they ride together as Roos heads to River Run and then Jamie and his company head to head to King's Landing and we get this rather iconic um you know you'll give jamie says or Roose says you'll you will give my warm regards to your father and Jamie replies so long as you give mine to rob Stark so <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, how do we, I mean, we know that Kat heard this, and, you know, what, it, we have a question from we, from Weebury on our, our Reddit. Um, you know, what implications do you see for this line in Jamie's future? You know, what other things has he said that you think will return to bite him again?
2: Well, I'm sure there are other things. Um probably some of what he did with the phrase at river run and feast will probably come back to bite him. But um, yeah, I mean this, this uh, completely offhanded remark because Jamie clearly does not fucking know what the plan is for the red wedding. I say for the 55th time, he clearly doesn't. Cause we see when he learns what happened at the red wedding, that he's surprised at how terrible it is. Um, I mean, it'll come back to haunt him, but it's actually going to come back to haunt Brienne even worse.
0: Yeah, I mean, how do you how do you figure it's going to haunt Brienne worse?
2: Cuz I mean, that's what she's dealing with when she runs into Stoneheart. She's dealing with a Stoneheart who wants Jamie fucking dead because of this.
0: But don't you I mean, to me is it it's more of the sword and the letter, you know, the letters from Tom and let doom her more than this particular. But I think the virulent hate
2: for Jamie is because Cat thinks not only did she release Jamie, oh, I shouldn't say Cat, Lady Stoneheart, yeah. thinks not only did she release Jamie, but she actually caused the death of Rob, which is not actually necessarily true. Um yeah,
0: that's yeah, I guess that's true. So Jamie, you know, Jamie again, he's getting his sass back and as they leave, he's, you know, Zolo, how kind of you to see me off. Pig, Timian, will you miss me? No less just to share, Shagwell, to lighten my way down the road. And Vorg, did you come to kiss me goodbye? Um, you know, and he basically threatens him with, you know, Lannister always pays his debts. And, you know, this is another one of those chapters where Jamie kind of spends a lot of it in, in memory. And we, you know, as they're leaving um, Hall, he actually interesting, you know, to go back to a mention from Duncan Egg. He's actually carrying a shield from the Lo- the Lothstons, who had Heron hell before the Wents. And I think, you know, one of the characters that we would have loved to have seen more of in Duncan Egg was Mad Danelle Lothston, Um who rides in from Heron Hall that sounds like a fascinating woman. Um What what shield did
3: Brienne have whenever she leaves? Does she does she have that shield whenever she one, leaves?
2: This one. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, this is she what has she ends up one. with. Yeah. yeah.
2: This is what she has repainted. Okay.
0: And it was, you know, there's this line, he could be no one's cousin, no one's enemy, and no one's, sw- no one's sworn sword, and some no one. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's like language. I mean, kind just of like, go ahead I
2: and I underline that he's having identity issues, George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie doesn't know who he is right now. Just like <laughs> bright yellow highlighter.
0: So they've got two hundred, you know, they've got two hundred men, and you know, Jamie is making a point that he re- he really wants to get back to to King's Landing as quickly as possible, and you know, he thinks if they go really fast, he might even make it in time for Joffrey's wedding. So also <laughs> underline this is important. Um, and they pass a mill, and Jamie remembers when he was at the tourney at Harrenhal, that miller's daughter had smiled at him, and you know, the miller had shouted, the tourney's back the other way. And, you know, this is after he joined the King's Guard and then immediately Ares orders him back to King's Landing to watch um, Rhaella. And, you know, I think it was um, the White Bull offers to take his place, and, and Ares is like, nope, he he's going to win no glory. He's He's mine now. And, you know, it's like, it's sort of like, oddly enough, you know how we waited eight years for a, love scene between Jamie and Brienne and it was immediately ruined within 20 minutes. That's kind of like what Jamie's Kingsguard investment was that it was like (laughs) that same, like he was so, you know, this was such a huge honor and he was so proud and, you know, within like before, before nightfall, it's ruined. And he realizes that it had nothing to do with his valor and had nothing to do with anything about himself other than that. He was Tywin's son and you know it's completely t- it's tainted before he ever has a chance to enjoy it so i mean we feel your pain i guess like <laughs> yeah that is basically what you're saying yeah yep um and you know he, he's thinking that even now he's like super bitter and how he should have just thrown his his cloak off but you know it was too late um So then we get to the gross, disgusting part of the chapter, well, one of the gross, disgusting parts of the chapter, where Kyburn wants to, like, have, like, uh, guy talk with Jamie and you know kind of is like oh did you enjoy your visitor I thought you might like some exercise and just the words he says um oh yeah it's you know icky. oh I'm I trust you enjoyed her and you know Pia is quite skilled would you not agree and so willing which basically means that Kyburn fucked Pia which oh, oh. Yes, I know <laughs> it's just okay like just. So. I mean, in a weird way,
2: I feel sorry for Pia because it's clearly like Jamie's the only guy on earth she wants to sleep with, and he won't sleep with her. I mean, it's a little sad in a in like a weird way, in which it's not. I'm saying that I'm not saying that I want Jamie to sleep with Pia, but I mean, like Because she finally gets the guy she she dreams of,
0: or like, like someone meh. she would have chosen instead of you know someone that she had to for you know survival basically. And
2: well, yeah, I mean, she, she literally uses him as, like, her fantasy yeah.
0: when she's
2: with other gross guys.
0: Yeah. It's terrible. Ugh. So that's gross. And, um, you know, they, they talk about how, um, you know, Pia talks about, yeah, how she had seen him at the tourney when she was just a little slip of a girl and, how she always, you know, dreamed that she would have him, and Jamie thinks about you know it was really hard to send her away after that, but you know, he has Cersei. And, you know, he so I mean, you know, the thing about Jamie is he's pretty hardcore monogamous. Like that's you know
2: Oh, very hardcore.
0: Yeah. Um
2: book Jamie. Book Jamie, I feel like we have to yeah, yeah. underline that.
0: And show Jamie, we're
2: not really sure anymore.
0: And Kyburn, um Qyburn explains that Varga Holt, um had basically caught a caught an STD, and now he needs Kyburn to like examine all of his ladies before he sleeps with them or rapes them, if you will. Probably rapes them, and uh, you know, so he knows that you know. P. He reassures Jamie that P is healthy, and he says, you know, as is your maid of Tarth. And oh um, god, you know, mm. Jamie gave him a sharp look. Brienne. And you know, it's just like this. I have, I mean, I I hesitate to read it, but it's just so gross that I want to. Does that make any sense? <laughs> but, yeah, just read it. We trigger know, warned, right? Yeah. Yes, a strong girl that one, and her maidenhead is still intact as of last night, at least. Khyber gave a chuckle. Um, just like the <laughs> yeah, you know, she's just going to be gang raped by the fucking worst people in the world, or you know, the most. I mean, can you imagine having, no. having set, like Vargo Holt, like the sl- I mean, like, oh, like the slobbering monster, like, just, ugh. So, um, you know, Jamie's like, oh, is this about the ransom? Her father wanted proof that she's still a maiden, and you know, Kyber's like, oh, no, nope, we, you know, Lord Selwyn offered three hundred dragons.
2: I love and- how Jamie's brain basically rejects the more obvious explanation at right. first. Right. He's like, oh, 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 is is there some benign reason for this?
0: Yeah, and you know, he thinks, oh, three hundred's you know a good a good um, ransom for a night, and you know, no, I mean, then is, is
3: three hundred gold dragons a fair amount for a ransom? Because that just seems low to me.
0: Well, and I think for the for a knight and an heir, that feels low to me too. You know, like if it was just a night. But, you know, or like a second son or something, but like your heir, that seems a bit, you know, a bit light.
2: Well, It might be one of those things where it's like, normally you'd negotiate something like this, but for some reason Vargo doesn't want to negotiate. So that might just be Selwyn's opening bid. He might not understand exactly what he's dealing with, with Vargo Hote. He might think he's dealing with somebody more honorable.
0: Although, I mean, I think if they have your, you know, your only child, you're going to, you're probably not going to quibble over you know, a hundred dragons, you're just going to... I
1: mean, maybe. Over, you'd hope. Or it's like what you... I, you know, I don't... It's not like we have a consumer... Pro- Do we have a consumer price index for... Um, no. To find out? Not but in Westeros. Know, like, what things are kind of worth. But, you know, maybe you're not particularly... I mean, these are. he's not a Lannister with bottomless coffers on money.
0: Right. But you
1: know. Well, maybe. and the if if this is an analog to like
2: Western European medieval or middle age or dark age, you know, ransoms. I mean, sometimes people would be held for ransom for years while these things were negotiated, but you'd be treated as like an honored guest, yeah. basically, if you were highborn. And I'm sure that that's probably what Selwyn thinks is happening. He may not understand that the well, bloody bummers those... are not normal. Um, normal.
1: Well, it's like the um they're in the books, the red wine twins, what do they call them? Hobber oh, yeah. and slobber or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they've been there for years. I mean, literally years.
2: Yeah. Well, in in Europe, that would not have been unusual. I mean, I, I kind of hate to draw those historical parallels, but I mean, that must be, I think that they, there must be some analog there.
0: So, you know, Jamie thinks the news irritated him, though he supposed he should have seen it coming. You know, the, the lie I spared you a while, Blanche, be grateful for that. Um, he he makes a little joke about if her maidenhead's as hard to get in as the rest of her, the goal will break off his cock, oh, and God. He, he thinks, you know, she's tough enough to survive a few rapes, um, <sighs> but if she, you know, he's worried, kind of, if she's resists too much, you know, Varga Hope might stop, might start chopping off her hands and feet, and you know, he thinks, you know, why should I care? I'd still have my hand if you had just given me, you know, Cleos' sword. So he's, you know, and then he's like, well, you know, maybe Holt won't know how strong she is, and she'll be able to break his neck, and that'd be awesome. You know, he's really um, very much trying trying to make it not as bad as it is, you know?
2: Well, and then in typical Jamie fashion, he rides away from... from uh- from Kyburn because he's annoying him which yeah. is always the case somebody's always annoying him when they're not being good to Brienne
0: well and just you know I think you know it is not a trot when you reread this it is like you know he's he's gonna leave like he's you know he's leaving her and he you know this he's like leaving her to for this fate and it's you know, it's not like he's in a position of power, but we see how easily he, you know, how frankly easily he is able to change things. So, um, yeah, it is. It is kind of almost disturbing to read it, you know, as much as we can be the Jamie Lannister defense squad. Um, you know, this is one of those ones. Oh, like, no, he's oh, leaving Jamie. her. Like you're, you know, you're he's... leaving her to get raped and probably shortly thereafter killed. And,
2: you know, that's I like, mean, I think it's like you said, when he first leaves Hall, I don't think he's thinking about her because he thinks things are going to work out for yeah. her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh,
0: it kind of sounds like they didn't have much interaction after this dinner either because he didn't know about, um, you know, like he, they, he didn't know about Selwyn's offer. He didn't really know about her being examined by Kyburn. You know, like there's a lot of things that have been going on. It sounds
2: like, I know there's yeah. some question about this, but it sounds to me like the way that Kyburn describes it, he had done this, you know, like forced the night exam on Brienne the night before they yeah. left, yes. So, I mean, but yeah, you know, I don't think Jamie has seen her again. I you don't get that.
0: Yeah, you don't I get mean, the impression that he saw her. Yet. At this point, she's she's been raped. I mean, I don't know how you can say what Kybern did is anything but that. Like, oh yeah, that's not
2: consensual. So, right.
0: so yeah, yes, yeah,
2: there has been an assault for yeah. sure. Ugh.
0: So anyway, so they they keep they keep going south, and you know he wonders. You know he's kind of in this. He's in a bit of a self-pitying mood. You know, he's thinking, oh, you know, what is a swordsman without a sword? You know, would he, would Taiwan think he was worth 300 dragons even anymore? Like, he's really, like, feeling pretty sorry for himself, which is funny, like, because, you know, he's, he's sort of lost some of the progress that you feel like he kind of maybe made in the prior chapter a little bit. Um, you know, like, he... I mean frankly he some you know he kind of matches wits a little bit with with Roos in that last chapter and you know Roos is a smart guy and now he's back to like oh I'm just you know I'm a sword a swordsman without a sword and it's like no you know you you're, you're not you you have other um you have other attributes so
2: well it's again anytime he's kind of left alone with his yeah. thoughts they get dark Whereas when you have him interacting with people, he seems to be okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it's just
2: he anytime he's kind of left to stew on, you know, his current state of being, he gets dark again.
0: So he thinks about how um, his grandfather Tytos imprisoned this banner, this unruly banner, the Tarbecks. and you know, Lady Tarbeck captured um, Stafford Lannister, who is you know Joanna's brother. And you know says, send you know send my husband back or you know, Stafford and then um, send my lord back, or you know these Lannister hostages will answer will answer. And you know, Tywin suggested that they send Lord Tarbeck back in three pieces. <laughs> and Titus was like, yeah, nope, we're gonna negotiate and and, and send him back. And you know, Jamie's just kind of thinking like, how ruthless basically tywin is and you know well i mean i kind of feel like he's almost thinking like is my dad gonna love me you know like that's where the root of it is which is really well it's about his value now he understands that
2: his value has been greatly reduced he's he's thinking about the fact that when he first left river run he was worth far more than just Sansa and Arya in an exchange. You know, yeah, Catelyn yeah. was making a bag, a bad deal. I mean, like they should have gotten a lot more than just Sansa and Arya in exchange for Jamie, but he's thinking about the fact that he isn't even worth one of the girls now that he's one handed, which is of course ridiculous. Cause of course he's worth quite a bit still, but this is just, you know, his, his, his feelings of inadequacy since he lost his hand. And yeah. he is thinking about the fact because this is true. And this is the difference between, um, how Tywin deals with the fact that Jamie was was kidnapped and being held in the way that, that Tyrion deals with it, which is Tyrion comes up with this harebrained scheme to try to break him out of River Run, whereas Tywin just like was content to just let him sit there until they could negotiate some bigger thing, you know. Um I, I think I think he knows he, he knows deep down that, you know, Tywin might kind of love his kids, but he 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 values a lot of other things more.
0: Yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you also get a, a sense of just how devastated the Riverlands are here too. You know, they talk about there had been a small inn, and now I mean, and there's a found there's a couple of foundation stones. That's it. And you know, it was an inn that Jamie had stopped on his way back to King's Landing when he after, he, after the tourney, or during the tourney, I guess, of, of Hall, and, you know, the man was like, oh, I'm, I can't charge you. A member of the Kingsguards, you know, under my roof, that's so, you know, incredible. And, you know, he's, like, thinking, well, that guy's dead, and his grandchildren that he was going to tell about this are dead. Like, you know, it's just, um, sometimes I think you, because we're so focused on the characters, we kind of lose a sense of, like, just how, like, horrific the conditions in the Riverlands really are.
3: Yeah. yeah, and it's extremely dangerous right now. I mean, they're talking about how, I mean, look how all is in the Riverlands right now. You have the wolves. The pack of wild wolves is there. You have the, you know, the Dondarians um, guys. The Brotherhood outlaws. without banners, yeah. Right, I mean, you have, like, all these soldiers that, the, these these men that have lost their lords, so they're just, they're, they're running crazy right now.
0: You've got like the Stark men. You've got you know who are on the hunt for, for Jamie. You know you really yeah you've got like a, yeah I mean, just imagine okay. just someone trying to like you know.
1: Well, you've got the men like Steel Shanks Walton from the previous chapter right. who you know fine under normal circumstances, but no problem raping and killing you if you know he demands it.
0: So. They make camp for the night, um, and Kyburn has a skin of dream wine that he gives Jamie and Jamie falls asleep against a, a stump and he you know, he thinks first before, you know, the wench would have told him that he had to eat before he slept to keep his strength up, but you know, he was tired so she's not there to
2: oh respond
0: basically. She was taking
2: care of him. Yeah. And so I hate everybody.
0: Yeah. So he's just kinda you know, gonna do do his thing. And he, you know, he closes his eyes and, and you know, hopes he dreams about Cersei because the fever dreams are, are so vivid. But instead, he, um, instead, he finds himself in this dream, and you know, the first thing he notices is that he has, he has his right hand, and he thinks, you know, how great, you know, to flex his fingers. It was, you know, as good as sex, as good as sword play. Um, you know, this relief made him dizzy. Nothing could hurt him so long as he was whole, and it's that, yeah, that feeling of, you know, it's the op- kind of the opposite of that horrible dream when you wake up and like, oh, it was just a dream. This is like the opposite, like, oh god, this is fucking reality. Um, yeah, and he's he's in his dream, surrounded by these tall figures in cowled robes, and feels like he's in, you know, he senses that he's in Casterly Rock. And they're prodding him to go down, further down and he really you know, he wants to go he wants to go up, but he you know, he has this overwhelming feeling of doom, kind of being at the bottom of this pit more or less, and you know, these spears prod him into like essentially an abyss, but it ends up being just a, a short a short fall into some shallow water. And, um, you know, he he again he assumes this is Casterly Rock because there's these he knows there's these kind of watery caver- caverns beneath Casterly Rock, but, you know, this is strange to him, but, again, he makes this assumption that it's the rock. And, you know, he asks, what what place is this? And these voices all echo, your place. You know, it was a hundred voices, a thousand, the voices of all the Lannisters since Land the Clever, which, you know, the Lannisters can all talk like a lot of shit. Like, can you imagine, like, thousands of freaking Lannisters? <laughs> God, <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of sarcasm. Um, but, you know, the ones he obviously recognizes the most are Tywin and Cersei. And, you know, Cersei. And Joffrey. And Joffrey, jo- yeah. And, you know, she he asks why father has brought us here. And Cersei says, this is your place, brother. This is your darkness. And yeah. she turns to go. And, you know, we get the line that all of the gross JC shippers love. Her torch was the only light in the world. <laughs> Which- hmm I've always
3: wanted to know why there's only his father, Cersei, and Joffrey, and I'm one. I've always wondered, is that a clue that, I mean, that's just showing those are the ones that are dying.
2: Yeah, that's what it future. is. Every everyone who's behind them. When he talks about that, these are all the Lannisters since Len the clever, but only three of them he recognizes, which are Tywin, Cersei. And Joffrey. You don't see Tyrion right. here. Well
0: it's weird um, you don't see Joanna here, you know, because she's a
2: right. Lannister and you don't, although that, he you doesn't know. he wouldn't recognize her if he did. We've established yeah. that in Feast. But no Tyrion, none of the other <laughs> Lannister kids.
0: Right.
2: Right. There's no Tyrion, you know, like his uncle Stafford isn't there who just died. Um yeah. so everyone who's already dead he doesn't see he sees the ones who are about to die, and that's you know, Tywin and so, Joffrey will be dead by the end of the book. And Cersei clearly is Cersei is Cersei's down. next. Yeah. Without him, they're not dying together then. That would No. Well, she's holding point. this light that, you know, we kind of all agree she has this torch. Cersei has a torch, which is the only light there. And, you know, we kind of all agree that this torch is Jamie's light. Like this is his essence, his soul is this light that she has. And she turns to leave with it. And um which is of course symbolic yeah. in its way. And you know, but the, the one of the the most salient thing here is Cersei tends to or turns to leave, which she's going to follow the dead. Tywin and Joffrey go following the dead. Cersei goes with them. She's following them. So it's like Cersei's gonna die before Jamie. This is this is this is where dream prophecy one oh one here.
0: Yeah.
2: Totally. Okay, good.
0: And you know, then he, he,
3: is going to be replacing that light. Right. You know,
0: he, he asks for a sword, and Tywin says, you know, I gave you a sword. And he has this, he pulls out this sword burning with a silvery blue light. and Which he, is more foreshadowing. Yeah. And he's moving, you know, he's moving in a, like, defensive circle, essentially. And he hears something, a great splash behind him, and it's Brienne. And she, you know, she's she's in heavy chains. And... um you know jamie you know she asked jamie to like loosen to uh cut the chains which he does you know the steel links parted like silk which i always feel like is sort of a sexual line um or like a wedding kind of line i don't know um and she asked for a sword and and there you know magically a sword appears and you know he. well they both
2: pull the swords out of this water at their feet right so, yeah, you have the foreshadowing of of Jamie asking for a sword and Tywin saying, you know, I gave you a sword, which is foreshadowing that Tywin's going to give him Oath Keeper. And then you have Brienne asking Jamie for a sword after, you know, Tywin and Cersei and Joffrey are gone. And then she finds a sword at her feet and straps it around her waist, which is, you know, foreshadowing Jamie giving her Oath Keeper. Yeah. And you know um, we get
0: we get the line that all the JB shippers say, which is you know in this light she could almost be a beauty. He thought in this light she could almost be a knight. <laughs> so. And the light is that
2: her her sword is flaming just like his is. So we have yep. these two left alone. Jamie's light that was with Cersei that she carried away into death, right, is gone. But this light remains. This light that is on both of their swords. So basically, Jamie's life or soul is equally divided between him and Brienne right now.
0: And he, he hears Cersei, you know, say the flames will burn as long as you live when they die. So must you. Um,
2: dun, dun, dun.
0: Yeah. And, you know, he begs her to stay with him, but she, but she leaves and Brienne, you know, Brienne's like looking for the threat. Like, what is it down here? A bear, a lion, dire wolves. And, you know, Jamie, what lives here? And Jamie just says, doom only Doom. Um, yeah, Although
2: you missed one more shippy thing, which is that he also thinks he's looking at her reflection in the water and thinking how she has more of a woman, woman shape, shape now. So yeah. it's, you've got the in this light, she can almost be a beauty, she can almost be a knight, and then you've also got the woman shape light. I mean, there's... <laughs>
0: Right, it's she's, yeah. Well, why do we
2: even for a second pretend
3: that well, this she's is not naked happening? Too, I
0: mean, like, so I mean, it's you know, yeah. it's, he he's
3: naked too in this, right? Yeah. Except for
0: oh, wearing yeah, naked. Like, except for their belts, which you know, sexy.
3: He, he's wearing boots too because whenever he hits the water, he mentions oh, yeah. water boots. So he's in his
0: boots. Yeah. So and, you know, their blades are this little island of light, but all around them stretch a sea of darkness, unending. Um, and, you know, Brienne thinks, we could go back the way they brought us. If you climbed to my shoulders, you'd have no trouble reaching that tunnel, uh, that tunnel mouth. And, you know, Jamie thinks that, he, you know, he could follow Cersei. And, you know, he could feel himself getting hard, and he, you know, turns away so Brienne won't notice. And, I mean... You know, following Cersei, I guess we would interpret here as you know, if he leaves Brienne, it's death. You know, so this would be, I guess, one of those moments where like, oh shit, what if that fucking show is right? You know, and he he leaves her to you know, he leaves her to follow Cersei and it's death. But again, the
2: I, alternate reality of the show.
0: Yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's it's
3: shame. He doesn't want her to see that because
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's both. I mean, this is one of the things, I mean, we we will learn that Jamie's laying on a weirwood and that this is all, you know, probably a dream given to him by Bloodraven. But, of course, Jamie's also an active dreamer, so there are elements of this that are Jamie, and there are elements of this that are being given to him as prophecy, and it's kind of
0: yeah, difficult mean, like,
2: at times to know what's what.
0: There's, I mean, there's things like she puts a hand on his shoulder, and he trembles and thinks, you know, she's warm. Well, Bloodraven, I mean, if Bloodraven's given him that, that'd be, like, pretty creepy. <laughs> like, pretty freaking yeah, weird, Bloodraven.
2: Yeah, Blood that's Jamie. <laughs> like,
0: that's Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... They look into the gloom and they see these riders, um, these pale, these riders on pale horses. Um, they make no sound, no splashing, no clink of mail no clop of clop of hoof. Um, they're, you know, it, Jamie thinks you know, it reminds him of Ned Stark, and you know, he, he kind of is. it, you, you know, come ahead. I never, I never feared you living. I don't fear you dead, but. There's more and you know, he saw them too. They were all they are armored all in snow it seemed to him, and ribbons of mist swirled back from their shoulders. Um, okay, let's pause there. Yeah.
2: So before we find out who they are, just the way that Jamie describes them as this armored all in snow and mist, yeah. to me sounds very much like the way that the others are described. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Right. So I, mean, I think I, this is one of those scenes that's doing double duty. We're about to find out that these are, in fact, all of his dead Kingsguard brothers and Rhaegar. But um, I think there's also foreshadowing of the two of them with swords facing the others here. Right.
0: I mean, they have, you know, magical Valyrian steel swords. And we think they're going to, yeah. This is the, you know, we hear so much about Valancar And this is, you know, com- or, you know, Cersei's, Cersei's prophecy. But this is like almost overlooked all the time, I feel like. Like, the fact that, no, there's a Weirwood prophetic dream that has Jamie and Brienne with flaming swords fighting the others in, you know, what might be, like, the Winterfell crypts or something. You know, like, it's, like, who knows? But, you know, in terms of them versus the others, I I don't know how else you interpret it. Um, But, you know, in this, for the purposes of the dream, we find out that it's really his, um, it's the dead brothers of the Kingsguard. So it's um, Oswell, Went, John Derry, Luan Lewin, Lewin Martell, um, the White Bull, and, and Arthur Dane. And then with them is is Rhaegar Targaryen. And, and you know, Jamie. Jamie's getting. A, you know, Jamie's trying a little bravado here. You know, I'll fight you all, or one by one, or all together. But you know, someone someone needs to fight with Brienne. She gets cross when you leave her out. And, you know, she, she's, you know, she's explaining that, you know, she swore a holy oath to keep Jamie safe. And, you know, Arthur Dane says, we all swore oaths. And, you know, they say, you know, he said it so sadly, which, again, is really an echo of something Jamie would have no idea about, which is, you know, kind of his demeanor at the Tower of Joy, too, mm-hmm. um, like that resigned... That resigned, like, what? What am I doing? <laughs> like, what have I done with my, what have I done with myself? Um. So, Jamie's basically trying to justify what happened with Ares, you know, saying he was going to burn the city, um, and they're, you know, they're coming after him. You know, he was your king. You swore an oath, and and Rhaegar's like the worst. You know, he's I left my I left my wife and children in your hands, and and Jamie, you know, is kind of babbling, you know, I didn't think they would hurt them, which, you know, again, I think goes to show Jamie's, like, feelings of guilt about them, which I don't think that he should Mm -hmm. necessarily feel, but he obviously does.
2: He does. I mean, he did have a responsibility there, and, you know, I I mean, his biggest failing is in not understanding how horrible Tywin is.
0: Yeah. And, you know, they're, they're coming after him still, like, you, know, you killed the king, cutting his throat, the king you had sworn to die for, and his sword starts to go out. And he remembers, you know what Cersei said, that you'll only live as long as these swords go. Um, and his his goes dark, and, and Brienne's burn, though, as the ghost came rushing in, and he, he wakes yeah. up screaming, no. Um, well, so another
2: thing that is clearly foreshadowing here is what Brienne will face with with stoneheart which is when you know she says she, she I swore an oath to keep him safe yeah. um I swore a holy oath I mean like this this thing of defending him in the darkness is also about what she's going to face yeah. it, there's a lot of foreshadowing in this um and it's so funny how rarely you see anyone talk about this in fandom it's so full of stuff but General fandom just ignores it. I have no idea.
0: It's, yeah, because it's, you know, oh, Jamie's going to kill Cersei and then decide to die, you know, like.
2: And it's just, that's clearly not what's happening. Right. I I, I don't (laughs) know. I, I mean, like, I don't know how else you can interpret it. I mean, she turns around and leaves with the already dead, and the people who are just about to die. I mean, like, I, I don't know how else you look at it, but that she goes and he's still there with Brienne. Right,
0: and then you get, I mean, like, this really clear, you know, to me, very clear and obvious scene of Brienne and Jamie being part of an endgame against the others.
2: Obviously, and then just very simply the romantic yeah. implications. My God, I mean, twice he thinks about her looking, you know, beautiful, womanly. I mean, like, you know, this is clearly about... Things are ending with Cersei.
0: <laughs> right. Something's going to happen with Brienne. Right. right. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's pairing, yeah, it's like pairing them together, essentially. I mean, yeah, completely. I mean, not even just essentially. It's like just literally they are paired together. And it's funny because even people that never talk about the prophecy or kind of dismiss it, you know, when you think about the way, our, the, way the Song of Ice and Fire fandom, like, Jamie and Brienne, like, we treat them as if they're a unit. You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, they are a unit. Brian is, is
2: Jamie's ride or die.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, she's I mean, his his like, protector. literally,
2: <laughs> you know, this is alluded to several times. Like he, he's, he like jokingly refers to her as, as his protector. And he talks about how she protected him better than most. But I mean, this is, this is what Jamie is, or what Brienne is for Jamie, the thing that he's never had, he's always been the one who has to be the warrior for everyone else in his life. And he's never had anyone who will put everything on the line to protect him. And that's what Brienne represents to him, like on a personal level.
0: I mean, that's what she represents to him. But then, I mean, imagine him faced with the reality of what she did do, you know, because he's going to find out that, you know, he's going to find out that she was going to hang for him. Yeah. And, I mean, as much as, you know, we can debate whether there'll be any kind of betrayal seen by him. I mean, at the end of the day, she was being, you know, she was going to hang. She was willing to die yep. for him. And, I mean, I don't think there's anyone else in Westeros that's, that was, you know, maybe, maybe Joanna, you know. But honestly, I mean, not another soul. Right, right. I mean, and I, you know, that's just going to, I mean, I... I can't even imagine his reaction to it. You know, it's just, especially for her. You know, for her that he's that he's put so much effort in these last several chapters into like getting her, winning her over, and winning her yeah. over, and then I mean, this is like, yeah, you you won her over. You got, you know, you you did it, and just like I mean, I think I mean I I think like when he meets the like he knows. I think at this point, Brienne knows him a lot better. Well, obviously, I mean, she knows him a lot better than he knows her. And we, the readers, know Brienne way better than Jamie knows her. And just when he, when he gets to see the person that we've read about, he's just, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't even, he's going to lose his mind. I mean, I just think he's going to be, like, just gobsmacked. Because he already is halfway there, and then you know he sees like everything. Else oh, I think about he's her.
2: beyond halfway. I mean, like everything about like the lead up to him falling asleep is he he gets in this terrible mood after yeah. he hears the thing about Brienne. He was in a pretty good mood up to that point. He hears the thing about Brienne, and it's just you know all he can think about are the dark things and how you know joining the Kingsguard was just you know the thing that kind of started to suck him down. And he's literally going back to Cersei the same way that, you know, he originally joined the Kingsguard for Cersei, you know, Um, and he's deliberately in his own mind, (laughs) leaving Brienne behind in order to do that. And part of him just the way that he always, you know, denies and doesn't pay attention to what his feelings are for Brienne has been nagging him the whole stupid night. He gets to the dream and he can't keep ignoring it. Um, obviously Blood Raven is also intervening. For some reason, you know, Jamie has to save Brienne. But um this this kind of underlying pull to Brienne is there and it's 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 kind of driving things. And even when he wakes up, he's like, oh my God. He's like, is, was this real? Is this real? He finally realizes he's, you know, been sleeping on the werewood stump, and it's like. He just knows he has to go back. And he, he he actually makes them just, like, ride through the night to get back because the feeling is so strong at this yeah. point. I mean, he kind of, I think, quits denying it at some point um, during the dream.
0: Yeah, he is, I mean, it's, it's like, immediate. And, you know, it's funny because, I mean, he, like, wakes up screaming to the point that, you know, Steelshanks and Kyburn are, are there. Like, you know, he's obviously, they're, you know, they're obviously kind of freaking out. Because, I mean, imagine, too, like, if something actually happened to him, like, how funny <laughs> they would have, they'd be. Um. And, you know, Jamie asks Kyburn. you know, does he believe in ghosts? And he talks about, you know, how he had the sense of a woman in the room and... um you know he talks about how the archmasters didn't like his thinking except for Marwyn which i think is probably what like maybe well no cuz we know Marwyn from Miriam Mas so you know it's a little Marwyn name name check in there but i mean it's like right away you know as he's talking to Kyber and Jamie's like we get, we got to go back saddle the horses now and you know i i left something at heron hall like i lost i left my cell phone you know like, that's kind of the i left my heart in heron hall yeah And, you know, he manipulates again, like, you know, for all of Jamie thinking he's just a swordsman, he, you know, pretty, pretty swiftly manipulates Steel Shanks into, you know, doing what he wants, like, just basically threatening him, like, well, either we go back and I, you know, I sing the song I was going to sing, or we don't, and when we get to, you know, when we get to King's Landing, I'm going to tell my dad that you cut my hand off. (laughs) and you know steel shanks is kind of in a bind like yep they're going to you know they're going to go back um and you know he's promises them a little bit more gold and stuff too which you know steel shanks is is all down for so um you know i mean jamie's pretty frantic in this ride back you know he
2: that's the best way to describe it
0: yeah like you know He's the one who's, you know, cupping his hands to open the gate when they get to Harrenhal. Yes, he grew
3: a hand. He grew another hand.
0: Oh, that's true. Yeah, he clapped his hands. That's really good. (laughs) Nice. Oh, you happen to even the best of us, huh, George? Um. And, you know, he mentions how even, you know, he pushed his horse harder than he had the day before. So, you know, and he was thinking about getting back to Cersei and making it to the wedding. And, you know, you know they were in a hurry. But, you know, this is obviously much more, you know, much much more frantic. And, you know, he's, you know, it's all, it's, Jamie's basically, like, you kind of can picture him, like, wheeling his horse around and trying to figure out where the sounds are coming from and, like, where everyone is. And, um... You know, he kinda he tells him, you know, he basically is kind of pep talking Steel Shanks too, like, you know, you guys are outnumbering the mummers two to one, so you know, like be ready. Like he's I mean, I kinda feel like he thinks he's gonna ride in and like swoop and swoop in yeah. and like carry Brienne off on his horse, you know. I
2: think like, he does think that.
0: And, you know, it it turns out that, you know, nope, that that's not the case because they have her in the bear pit. And you know, and they're I love all, it
2: Doesn't doesn't he like have this Bad feeling in the pit of his stomach when he realizes it too. Oh god. Yeah.
0: And um, you know, the the mummers are pretty drunk watching this, which helps them and you know, Brienne's in the same gown that she wore, but you know, there's part of it that's you know, it's part of it's in tatters and she's got blood dripping down her arm and you know at first, you know, Jamie's like, Oh, thank God, you know, they gave her a sword and I love how he just
2: immediately thinks she can handle it.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's like,
2: like, kill this bear.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's watching it like kind of like he's watching a sporting event. So he's, you know, like almost like rooting quietly from the sidelines at this point, like, oh, you know, no, she's got to, you know, move around more. Um, But yeah, he has perfect confidence that that she's going to do it. What I, I love, though, is like his empathy for the bear, like just even like the strategy of the bear, you know, he's wary, Jamie realized. He's gone up against other men. He knows swords and spears can hurt him. You know, like, wow, you're really getting into the head of that bear there. You weirdo. Um, and, you know, Brienne makes this great move where she changes directions, and Jamie's like, you know, oh, there's the wench I remember. And, you know, she's obviously in a good, you know, she's in a good position, And but then there's no blood, and then he realizes, like, They gave her a tourney sword. Um, And then we get to, like, I don't know about you guys, but if I smoked, this would be the part of the the books that I would have a cigarette (laughs) after. Um, (laughs) You know, the goat brayed laughter, spraying him with wine and spittle. Of course. (laughs) I'll pay your bloody ransom. Gold, sapphires, whatever you want. Pull her out of there. You want her? Go get her. So he did.
2: Just not a thought,
3: <laughs> well, we also need to mention that Vargo Hote has a bandage over his ear,
2: so he did try she bit his ear off, right yeah, yeah he says that he called, he says yeah. your she moose tried to or bit off my ear, yeah.
3: yeah, so I mean he tried to
0: rape her, yeah and she bit his ear off Mm-mm. it's awesome brand, um, and then they get to this you know this awesome little exchange in the in the pit itself. You know, or Brienne turns around and you know it's Kingslayer, and you know Jamie it's Jaime. That's <laughs> the corrector, and they Man, have a little fight about this who, moment, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, they have a little fight about who stands in front of who. Um, you know, he's <laughs> insisting that she get behind him. She doesn't really get it, but obviously, you know, she's like, "No, you get behind me. I have the sword," and you know, he's like, "Get behind me," knowing that you know he's he's a physical because of Steelshanks crew, like he's basically her human, her, you know, her human a Human shield.
1: Shield. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and he gets this thing where he, he grabs for something with his hands and it's a, it's a, um, jawbone with some green, like, flesh out of steel. <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> so gross. Baggots. Yeah, the maggots. And he, you know, he, he tries to throw it at the bear, but of course it doesn't, you know, it totally is off, off aim and stuff. <laughs> and he's, you know, they're, you know, they're trying, Brienne's still trying to get around him and he actually has to kick her legs out and straddle her. <clears throat> <laughs> if if we we're wondering if there's any, you know, anything going on here, like, yes, he literally is straddling her um, as the bear charges at them. And that's when we hear um, the cross, like the crossbow men from Steel Shanks, which is, you know, ironic. We first meet them or one of their very first chapter, Jamie, you know, bitching about how much she hates the crossbowmen and, you know, here they're saving they're saving their asses and killing and killing the bear. Um Vargo gets like his probably like one of his last good lines, which is, You threw you threw my bear <laughs> Oh, it would have been the best role to play. Um you know, Steel Shanks is like, you know, we're taking the wench and Jamie. Her name is Brienne. Brienne, the Maid of Tarth. You are still a maiden, I hope. Her broad, homely face turned red. Yes. Oh, good. Jamie said, "I only rescue maidens." Um, ah, which another <laughs> great line. And you know, Rorg is kind of the only one with a brain in this operation at this point because he's like, you know, kill him, <laughs> or, or you're gonna, you know, you're gonna wish you had like. Which yeah, I mean, if they weren't outnumbered, they absolutely should have they should have killed him. Actually, knowing what happens to Vargo Holt, he probably should have just committed suicide by crossbow at this stage of his life and it would have had a much happier ending. But, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shed a tear for our for our dear goat. Um mm-hmm. so they get a half a league away and they're out of the range of the crosswoman at actually in the walls of Heron Hall. And Steel Shanks is, you know, pissed off, like, what the, you know, like, what the fuck were you doing? And, um, you know, Jamie's like, well, I, obviously, I hope that you would kill, the, kill the bear before it killed me. <laughs> Worked out well, you know, and he gets this, you know, elsewise, Lord Bolton would have peeled you like an orange, you No, know?
2: Nice visual.
0: <laughs> I know, but I mean, it's, it's 100% it's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yep. Um. And then, you know, and then we get our our, sec, our final great line here. Um, Sir Jamie, even in soiled pink satin and torn lace, Brienne looked more like a man in a gown than a proper woman. I am grateful, but you were well away. Why come back? And a dozen quips came to mind, each cru- crueler than the one before. But Jamie only shrugged. I dreamed of you, he said. <laughs> God, can, oh, you imagine, can you
3: imagine Brienne at that moment? She's probably like totally like swooning in her head right now.
0: Well, I mean, no, I-, I
2: think she's probably confused. But
0: oh. <laughs> I mean, imagine this day where she's basically gets raped by Kyburn. She gets attempt, you know, Varga Holt attempts to rape her. She bites his ear off. They throw her in the bear pit with the tourney sword, and it's been going on for a while. And then all of a sudden, like, Jamie basically drops into the bear pit and puts himself between her and the bear. And then, you know, basically, well, like it. you know, takes her away from from this and then, you know, tells her that he dreamed of her. <laughs> like, Jesus.
2: It's one, one of the weird things is we never really get to hear Brienne think about this. But I mean, like, imagine how hopeless she must have felt.
0: Does she ever think about the bear pit? In no. Feast? Like, I don't think she does.
2: Mm-mm. No. And yeah, I, I mean, wish. Yeah, she, she thinks about to... the goddamn bathhouse, but she doesn't well, think about it. Maybe
0: before. she does a little bit when she's talking. She might to with the
2: elder brother, the elder but brother. I think it's just a line.
0: Yeah.
2: What does she say? Jamie's feet hitting the sand yeah, in the bare yeah. feet? P- yeah. 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 That's and what that's... she says. But that's it. That's the only thing you get. I mean, it's. But imagine, like, how magical those feet must have seemed hitting the sand right. when, you mean, thought you when were...
0: there's no hope and. Yeah you know she's whole, you know, it would have t- it takes a miracle and i mean again like if we're going to go back to the the dream and you know all of our assumptions i think that it's like a blood raven express hmm. and you know the purpose of it seems to be to save brienne like the and yeah the purpose of it is that they are supposed to be wielding these twin swords against the others mm-hmm. I think so. It sure as hell seems like yeah they 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 have a purpose in the greater end.
2: We've talked about Brienne's last chapter in Feast and the Russian version of it and how there are crows everywhere.
0: Yeah,
2: Um, it's a very different setup. Um, Like there's no hile, there's no Pod, Um, but when they try to hang her, um, rather than her shouting sword, it's that this flock of crows shows up, and so it's very clear that. Bloodraven is intervening and it seems like it's almost more on behalf of Brienne than anyone. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean oh. it, it totally seems like it's on on behalf of of Brienne. And I mean then you think about what George wrote beyond, you know, beyond the series like in the world of ice and fire we find that we find out that, you know, House Tarth has these Targaryen roots. It has, you know, we we know she's a descendant of Donk like who the you know, who the hell knows what her her ultimate endgame role. I mean, George basically wrote a book about her. Well, there there's even
3: like in a feast, it seems like she made like a blood sacrifice to a weirwood
0: tree whenever she buries yep. what date crab. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, she could, ha- I mean, it seems like she could have an enormous part, you know, an enormous part to play in, in what's to come with, but
2: there are serious song of ice and fire theorists who like assume she's going to die immediately and wins. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, you idiots. Like honestly, like the closest thing to you've got that you've got to an actual god in Westeros is like intervening on Brienne's behalf.
3: Right. And those are the ones like, that are, are complaining that her her chapters are
2: always boring,
3: too. Yeah, and I don't get that.
1: Well, okay. The the, I'm gonna rescue the maiden of three and ten I mean that does get a little repetitive.
0: It's like three or four. We have said that.
1: Yeah, no, but we've we've gone there. We've talked about it.
0: I don't know. I I am the
2: most I'll say is he could have condensed. She didn't need eight chapters, but honestly, nobody after Storm of Swords needed as many chapters as they got.
0: I mean the beauty of her And many of them needed none at all. It's like that it's the slow march to doom. That's like it's a horror story, you know. It's a slow motion horror story, and it's like well, I don't know. One less chapter, I feel like it almost lo- it loses something. Like every every less chapter in it, like I want that that march like that, you know. But that's you know, that's me. But yeah, I, I don't I don't see another. You know, we've we've got we had some questions on the Reddit thread around like interpretations of the dream, and I mean, I I can't disagree with with anything you've said, Chicky, I just, yeah, I feel like it's totally foreshadowing the battle.
2: I'm very dogmatic about my interpretation of this dream. Sorry.
0: I mean, I don't think it's particularly like up for that much debate. Like what else? You'd be
2: surprised, but yeah,
0: I mean, obviously, but I feel like they're all wrong. (laughs) Obviously. Well, no, I mean, I just think that there's so much, there's so much invested in in other characters and so little invested in Brienne that I kind of dismiss things that dismiss her. Um, if that makes sense. Same. Same.
2: And this is how I feel about any you know predictions about what's going to happen with Jamie's character. If you post some huge thing about where you think Jamie's character is going, and I can go and do control F for Brienne, and there's like one return. Yeah. I just. I just. Turn around and walk away. I mean, like you don't know what you're talking about.
0: That is literally what I also do. Is that yeah? Like where is, where is Brianna in in this story? Like, I'm not saying they're gonna live happily ever after, but I'm saying that they're gonna, you know, like she's a part. She's the huge whatever his his destiny is. Yeah, it's tied she's to her in it vice versa. She's in it. Yeah. Yes, of course. I mean, maybe not her if you do like buy into like the Targaryen thing, like she might have a greater destiny than him. But you know Oh, I'm
2: not saying oh, she's gonna outlive him. I mean, like I firmly believe Brienne survives everything. Brienne's Yeah. Brienne's going all the way.
0: Yeah, I mean I think so you know, I think so too. And, you know, Jamie I would strongly suspect is not, but you know, who I mean, only George knows, right? But yeah, I just think, you know, I, I, I don't know how else you interpret flaming magical swords that we know kill the others in a dream where they match up against um, people described as the others.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's like, what do you, you know, what could that mean? It um, can
2: only mean that they're going to fight the others together. I mean, like, look, it's it's interesting, like, Nikolai can even name... That they have, or can even say that Jamie and Brienne had twin swords. Like, it was enough of a deal that even the show kind of halfway did it, even though they never really talked about it yeah. or anything. Clearly, it's going somewhere in the books. I mean, they're going to fight right. against the others together right. with their stupid flaming twin swords. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, I, yeah, I don't understand the denial of it other than just. Again,
2: Because because people don't know how to interpret it, and so they just don't want to talk about it because they don't have any clue about Jamie or Brienne. I
0: don't know. I feel like it's just people don't care because, I mean, it's not like it's some, like, super cryptic dream. Like, I get confused about, you know, his dream of Joanna. Like, I'm not really quite sure what that's supposed to be about. But this one is, like, crystal clear and pretty obvious to me. I'm sure we'll get some stuff being like, how do you not understand the Joanne dream? Which I'll totally appreciate, because I really don't. So, we'll get to that one. Yeah. So help me out, yo. Um, so, any other comments on this chapter before we go to some questions? It's a damn good chapter. Yeah, you know, I know a couple of you commented that Jamie 4 was your favorite. So, you know, where does this one rank?
1: Oh, it's high.
2: For Jamie?
0: Just overall. Oh, overall? Overall?
2: Oh, this is probably my top 10.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would would go with that.
0: You know, when we did our top 10 chapters a long time ago, I think this was my number one, but it's not anymore. Um, I really (laughs) like it. It's just... I find that I like, I don't know which one I like more than it now, but I don't think this is it. Jamie Ford
2: is great, but... Jamie Ford is my primo.
0: I almost go to those last two, those last two Brienne chapters in Feast are just like, even like the last three Brienne chapters in Feast I find like utterly devastating, but um, I, you know, I love them. But, like, that trio of of chapters just kills me. Um, yeah, they're painful. Yeah. As is most of Brand stuff. So, yeah, comment. do we have any questions? We
1: do. Uh, I'm not going to read all of it because we basically covered a lot of this. But yeah. GG, this is from the subreddit, GG68560... Um, this is basically had the same idea about the swords in the dream and the links to the Starks and the others. Um, And I think we basically concluded that the idea of like the riders going towards them, the white walkers, this is all in there, but they also say, uh, I want to say thank you so much for your amazing podcasts. Your insightful views and opinions have really helped have really helped me sort through the mess of season eight. I am loving the re-read. We got to figure out how many re-reads are in there. Uh, <laughs> it's me. Uh, this is them again. I think I have read the Jamie Brand chapter several times now and with every read I get more and more out of them. I am now starting a reread of the entire book by each POV. Cersei is up next. Um, and then... Nine or- Orionis um has a question about I think we actually went here too. Um this passage. Um do they keep a bear down here? Brianne was moving slow and wary, sword to hand, step, turn and listen. A cave lion, dire wolves, some bear. Tell me, Jamie, what lives here, what lives in the darkness? Doom, no bear he knew, no lion, only doom. The foreshadowing here is obvious with the b- the bear that I feel it's, it's like it's easy to overlook the other stuff. I read a theory ages ago and I don't even remember what it is about anymore. This is the only bit that stuck with me that pointed out that Bran asks about a bear, a lion and direwolves and then Jamie answers no to all of them except the direwolves. So what could this mean? Is Bran ultimately his enemy? We'll all see while will we all be seeing King Bran be his doom and orchestrate his death after Jamie fulfills his role in the battle of the dawn. Anyway, thanks for your amazing podcast and reading our questions. It's always fun to listen to your insight.
2: I always assume that the lions and the direwolves are there because that's kind of who she's dodging when she's kind of on her own quest is broken men who were one or the other. And then, you know, Obviously the whole thing with Lady Stoneheart, which is
1: direwolves starks. Um, we also have something from Guilty Pleased, who writes, I know we have to take dreams and prophecies carefully, but I keep thinking that if Tywin already gone okay, so this is Okay. Tywin already gone and Cersei die before Jamie as they seem to be on the side of the dead in the dream. We talked about that. This diverges Jamie's book Jamie's fate from show Jamie's fate so radically it makes the whole the show's whole born together die together ending even more meaningless as it this was its mm-hmm. main concept yes <laughs> mm-hmm. I totally agree I speak for everyone there I know that um yes this is me thinking about death on a th- Thursday night sorry for the Russian doll reference but for Thursday what a concept I, I don't I haven't watched that yet so I don't know oh, you should reference. it's a very good I show uh, this is me fearing that George will go nuts and make Cersei, Jamie and Cersei die together um, by fake Aegon. I'm sure that he can make it more meaningful, but the gymnastics won't satisfy me because I think, don't think that's the fate where Jamie's story is going. This can't be one of the hints he gave to uh, D&D. This is me hoping that Jamie and Cersei are going to die separately. This is me founding the Church of the Holy Wherewood Dreams. <laughs> um, great podcast, ladies and occasional gents. It's illegal here and I should be fined, but you make my bicycle rides to work so much fun. I, I think that means probably listening to the podcast. Probably having headphones While riding on. the bike. I don't think yeah. we've been outlawed anywhere. Um, Never know. Maybe that's coming. I don't know. Um goes on to say, I will be remembered in my city as the crazy lady who laughs stupidly on the bike lane while listening to your hilarious rants about the show and your smart insights about the books. Put it on my grave. Uh P S Sorry for my English. Proud Patreon, keep fighting the good fight. Oh Aww. thank you
0: for Patreon well,
1: Yes. Yes, exactly.
0: exactly. Yeah, no.
2: I, I'm with you. I've always been there. I've always thought he's gonna outlive Cersei. I still think it. Yeah. I still I absolutely think it. I
0: don't <laughs> I mean, think the I show has are- any I just don't even think it's going to be logistically
3: possible for him to get to King's Landing to do Agreed. that.
2: Agreed. I don't think George huh. can even pull it off to get them back together in the books. I mean, I think I mean, he intended to, but to I don't think rock, he can even do it. Then,
0: I mean, I think that's the... Maybe then. Maybe. Yeah. Just, but, because with our sword I, I mean, like, talk, he, we do think he has to get a hold of Widow's Whale, so...
2: Oh, yeah. But, I mean, you know, we've talked about this extensively when we talk about the differences between the show and the books, but... Aegon very much exists in the books. Cersei is not going to be the last person holding the throne before Danny in the books. Like, there's no chance that that's happening. Right. So there were big deviations in the show, and they made big changes because of it. Clearly, Jaime, and Brienne face the others together, and I will die on this hill that the others are the final battle in the books. It's not gonna well, yeah, be
3: because I mean, throne. in the dream, Cersei, Cersei's light goes out before. They before, see the others.
0: Yeah. And before Brienne, you know, she leaves before Brienne shows up.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Buck O'Hare asks What is the best and worst interpretation of the Werewood dream you've seen? How important is the symbolism of the bear in the Maiden Fair? Can you see the bath scene in your head without imagining Nick Costco Walmart's version? <laughs> yes I can so the (laughs) last one yes
2: I I still don't see him when I see the book scene now um
0: I see him yeah I mean I What were the other questions? But it's
1: him. Um, What is the best and worst interpretation of the Werewood dream you've seen?
2: Oh, everything from a Jamie Cersei shipper is the worst interpretation of the Werewood scene I've ever seen. Where they think that it's all about Jamie and Cersei dying together, which I'm just like, how do you even fucking get that from this? I don't even know. She's the only light? I don't even know. I don't even know. Just like, it's so clearly. Uh Like literally, he separates from Cersei and he's left with Brienne. I don't, I don't know <laughs> how you interpret that as pro Jamie Cersei. That's just not, not what I see.
0: I mean, to me, the uh, worst interpretations are the ones that ignore it completely. You know, like same, yeah, those yeah. two. Yeah. Uh,
1: Webbery, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, who also asked a couple questions we got to already um, wants to know what which one's more romantic. I'll pay her bloody ransom, gold, sapphires, whatever you want. Put her out, pull her out of there. Um, or you want her, go get her, So He Did, versus so he I did. Dreamed of You. So He Did is the most so romantic thing in these goddamn mm-hmm. books.
0: Well, and yeah. it's like the most Jamie. Like, I Dreamed of You is almost like a wink. Like, it's, a sar- mm-hmm. it's almost a little sarcasm. It's a wink so from George. Is, you know, Yeah. That's Jamie. So
1: He Did is Jamie. All action Um, when it comes to Brienne. You've been discussing Jamie's traumas for a couple of episodes now. Would you be willing to discuss how he uses humor to hide his own PTSD? I know he's a fictional character and diagnosis is impossible because he's not a real person. I think you still can do that. That's me there. Um, But I think there's a chance to argue that the character may be suffering from some sort of participation. I think that's supposed to be post. I don't know, participation induced traumatic stress or moral injury. And I, I don't know if that's an autocorrect thing going on there. I'm not that knowledge, uh, knowledgeable. Uh, and I think it shows the most when dealing with rapists and rape, a particular phrase in this chapter has always stricken me. You are still maiden, I hope he makes a joke out of it, but at the beginning of the chapter, Kybern plants the seeds of worry. Uh, and then that disgusting quote, um, of Kyburn, sorry, um, and that stays with him. It stays even when he thinks, "Well, I should have expected that would happen." Uh, and he entertained, you know, like basically him thinking that she could kill Vargo. It's all very dark, but I think it stems from one of the darkest periods of Jamie's life, having to stand by while Aries hurt his wife, and it's so raw in him still that he makes a joke of it. Uh, When he says, good, I only rescue maidens, and it breaks my heart. I don't know if maybe I'm reading too much into this. Well,
2: I mean, I think, number one, Jamie obviously has PTSD from the shit that went on when Eris was alive. Um, Number two, Jamie always uses humor as a defense mechanism. I mean, like, he's using humor when he's about to die, give up on life. (laughs) You know, like in Jamie 4. I mean, he just... He definitely falls back on humor. I mean, I think it's important I was saying this to someone earlier today or yesterday, just like it's important to remember though, when when George was writing this, like Google didn't exist. He probably didn't have great access to um Well he touched on to, like a DOS machine. I mean Yeah, he probably didn't have access to Um, looking up psychological conditions the same way that we do. I mean, like there were decent search engines then, but I mean, the amount of stuff that's available at your fingertips now, like in in the late 90s, just wasn't. (laughs) And it wasn't very well put together if it was out there. Um, You know, I think he kind of winged a lot of this stuff. And I don't know that he looked up every psychological condition that he might be portraying. So I don't know how much was intentional, but I I totally understand why people read into it. He did a good job for not having that at, at his fingertips, I'll say.
1: Um, we heard from Shelby who uh is very good about writing us, and I'm gonna truncate a little bit here. Um, when Bri- Brienne is talking about Jamie about whether she has siblings or not, I always thought Brienne meant my father's last surviving son because we find out that all our siblings died in her chapters, yet people seem to think she meant. My father's last son, which honestly doesn't feel in character to me, Bree thinks she's a freak, not worthy to be called someone's son or daughter. So I thought she was about to say she's his only surviving child. Thoughts. I think she was gonna say son.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: Um about Cersei getting Jamie in the King's Guard. I had canon that Cersei went to Ares herself and got him to put Jamie in the King's Guard. Uh, I imagine Cersei looks a lot like Joanna, so that would hold influence over Ares, along with the fact that Ares was eager to do anything to put Tywin in his place. Some people think that Cersei might have fucked Ares to get him to enlist Jamie, but I don't think she would have had to do oh, that. Cons- I think she'd have remembered that for us if she did. Yeah. I, I think we would have, that would have been
0: would have been a nice, like, thing to, I mean, it would have been kind of an interesting thing to have happen.
1: I don't think, I think that was one of those things that wasn't necessary. I think, you know, maybe she did go to him, but, you know. She know. might have gone to him directly.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think she fucked I mean, <laughs> really. I him. Think, I think she would have thought about it if she yeah. did.
1: Um... It's for the fan question about when uh, George wanted us to see Jamie as a good guy, I mean, his first instinct is to save Bran instead of kill him, so would I, I would argue that George wanted us to know that there was more to his morality in that moment, even earlier than his stuff in A Clash of Kings and A Storm of Swords. I agree. He does save him first. And then lastly... Um, I think this is referring to a discussion you guys had on one of the earlier episodes. Um, If Jamie were a woman, he wouldn't be Asha, in my opinion. He would be a very, very bitter and snarkier Sansa. Fandom doesn't talk about it, but Sansa and Jamie are the same character, pretty much. They're both people who believed in the songs, were defined by their romanticism, but were punished for it by the cruel world they live in, uh, and as such are no disillusioned because of it. The only difference is because they are different sexes, genders. Uh, Jaime is the disillusioned knight, and Sansa is the disillusioned maid. Ironically, Sansa's disillusionment is tied to Jamie's. Her trauma and disillusionment comes from what happened to her family and treatment, Joffrey's treatment of her. Joff only exists because Jamie became disillusioned, stopped caring about everything, and did nothing but get preg- Cersei pregnant over and over again. Uh, Mm -hmm. basically that talking about how gender roles affect romanticism.
3: Is this how there's Jamie
1: Sands, the shippers out there? I mean, I, I do see this a little bit. Like it's, I'm not talking about the relationship or a ship, but I am, I think they are very much, there are several characters in the series who kind of bought into the rules, who bought into this sort of notion of the romantic ideal and what knights were supposed to be and what you know how chivalry works,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and I I think there are relationships between the two characters. I don't think it has to be shippy. I think it's just you know what's they just have they, such completely different personalities to me. Though I would never think to compare. I, I think I think it's that idea of a cynic is like a failed romantic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think they have similarities, but I still think that I agree with whoever said Asha. That's that's Jamie.
1: Um, we got a message on Reddit from Nobody, who says, Dear ladies and occasional gentlemen, thank you for the very lovely reread episode so far. Your analysis is brilliant as usual, and I can't wait for the forthcoming chapters. One of the reasons why I love Jamie and Brienne so much is that their adventures are like legends come to life and that both Jamie and Brienne are aware of this on some level. When Jamie takes on the role of a shining knight rescuing a maiden in this chapter, though given the right equipment, she could have easily dispatched the monster herself, he knows exactly what to say to her. An ironic, I only rescue maidens. In Feast Dance, we have the trope of a lady, ahem, giving a knight a favor, and sending them on a quest, even though Brienne sees the parallels between the perfect knight's story and her own. So what fairy tale trope do you think will see them act out in the winds of winter?
0: Well, I mean, is it Beauty and the Beast?
1: I mean, that would be my guess.
2: Oh, yeah, I don't know.
1: Uh, I've got- what fairy tale tropes are left? I don't even... Probably many. I'm just too tired. (laughs) Well, they might,
0: you know, they might come to a cabin uh, with abandoned children, and I'm trying to like, I don't even, you know, I'm gonna be real. I don't actually know the story of Hansel and Gretel. Like, were they starving, and they went to a cabin, and then the old lady there was gonna eat them? Their father or their
1: stepmother and father? I don't know. Anyhow, I think they're stepmother basically said we don't have enough money for these kids so the father yeah. leaves them in the woods and they're starving and they leave the trail of breadcrumbs and end up with the witch and yeah pretty much
0: so, i mean i guess that could happen
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay then uh we have two tumblr nons and then we're done with mail um one says hi thanks for your lovely podcast I fell asleep listening last night and ended up having a dream where my friend told me my relationship is, quote, like Jamie and Brienne, unquote. And I asked, wait, am I the Jamie or Brienne? I don't remember how she answered this in the dream, but my question for you all, would you consider yourself the Jamie or the Brienne in your relationships, past or present?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm the Jamie. Oh, God.
3: Um, I'm... Um. I'm I'm the Brienne. I'm the
0: muscle. I'm the Brienne, and that I would just assume everyone's like joking about caring about me, but that I'm also the Jamie, and that I would like push away with sarcasm. (laughs) So, (laughs) I
2: think
1: I'm currently the Jamie. I have been the Brienne. Um, And then lastly, we have an anon who I think it sounds like they're going through all of our previous apps. So, (laughs) a new Jamie Brienne fan here, but. Husband started, quote, going away inside, unquote, at their mention. so I turned to your podcast and now I'm (laughs) obsessed. You all bring so much to the fandom in so many ways. Also, I just finished all the role-playing game episodes, which were freaking hilarious. So many... Yeah, I miss those. Um, So many great moments, but I lost it at episode 90. I don't remember which one that was, about minute 30, 32. Um, Oh my God, so funny. Watkins was awesome too. No ask, I guess, but thanks for everything.
0: Was that maybe, didn't like, you guys were like trying to get someone drunk? Probably. Trying to
1: seduce someone. All I remember is. I am just so freaking bad at role-playing games. (laughs) So that is our mail.
0: So if you would like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter at door podcast on Tumblr at close the door and come here. Or you can find us on the Jamie Brienne subreddit on Reddit. Um, We have been doing uh, like pre-show uh, pre-show threads lately and getting a lot of really good input. Um, it's not people just asking us questions. There's actually people asking each, other's, each other questions back and forth, so there gets to be a pretty good discussion. So if you are doing the reread along with us, um, I would highly recommend checking, um, checking out those conversations going on there. It's really gotten a lot more active with the end of Season 8 and the destruction of our hopes and dreams. So um, spend a little time there. <laughs> you can... You can become a Patreon and support the podcast, and I believe we are, are we, close the door and come here on Patreon? And you can listen to us. Sure. 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 (laughs) I'm sure you can find us on Patreon there. Um, No, I think we are close the door. Close the door, okay. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, um, all your favorite places that you listen to your favorite podcasts, and... Um, With that, ladies, I am closing the door. Get out.